Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mean O' Lion Media presents Pregnancy Pearls. Meet Dr. Nicole Plenty, a double board certified OBGYN and high risk pregnancy expert. She's brilliant, well researched, and feisty. Growing tired of seeing complications of pregnancy that could have been prevented, she wanted a way to empower women through knowledge. Because as she says, all doctors aren't created equal. This quest to educate women birthed this podcast, Pregnancy Pearls, with Dr. Plenty. Thanks for listening to Pregnancy Pearls Podcast with me, Dr. Nicole Pliny. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that this is my season and it's my season for a few reasons. So first off, it's the holiday season and that means time well spent with friends and family, time to relax, time to eat, time to joke, and just time to just catch up. So Um, For me, it's just the best time of the year simply because of family. And it also gives you time to reflect on all the ways you've been blessed over the past year. Just sit back and think how far you've come since January 1st of 2023 all the way up until Christmas. And it just makes you feel all warm and fuzzy all over. And if you've experienced something um, heartbreaking this year, like you've you know lost a pregnancy, lost a baby, if you've lost a loved one, if you've lost a, a, a relationship, you know, know that this is still um, something that the memories are something to still be cherished. Um, and the memories of uh, that you've lost is still something that you are truly blessed for. And think about what 2024 has in store for you all the goodness and all the blessings that will come and the stories that you can share to inspire people um, to also overcome. Now, the other reason for me that it is the season and my season is because you guys, I'm celebrating another year around the sun. Mm -hmm. Yep. Christmas is not only when we celebrate Jesus's birthday, but it's my birthday as well. So Maybe I should start doing like my grandmother does and stop announcing my age after a certain year. You know, obviously I'm turning 41, so I will share with you guys that. Uh, But for my grandmother, her magical age of stop sharing to stop sharing her age was 65. So for the longest, she was turning 65 years old until one day, about five years ago, I mean, I was obviously in my late 30s. Someone asked me, how old is your grandmother turning? Because I would say, oh yeah, my grandmother, you know, it's her birthday, I'm going back home. How old is your grandmother turning? And without hesitation, I said, oh, she's 65. And then I paused for a second and we both chuckled because that would mean that my father was probably like 10 when uh, I came along, which is obviously not the case. Now it's possible, obviously I I do treat people that are, pregnant at 10, unfortunately, not as often because the teenage pregnancy rate has declined. But um, 
for my dad's situation and my mom's situation, they obviously were not 10 um, when they had me and my grandparents weren't 10 when they had him. So either way, we laughed and got a good chuckle of it. And and now I can do the math and know that my grandmother is actually 88. But uh, back then, for some reason, it was just natural for me to say 65. Either way, I digress. So, all right, on this week's episode of the podcast, we're going to talk about having a breech pregnancy and how this can affect you and your unborn baby. Now, to begin, let's make sure we know what we're talking about when we say the word breech. We say breech, a breech pregnancy simply means that the baby is butt down, okay? There's a diff, there are different types of breech positions, um, but we usually just blanket it and say breech, right? So you have frank breech or what's called extended breech. This is where your baby's legs are straight up in front of the body with the feet near the face, okay? So the baby is literally like in a pike position, feet near the face, and the legs are pretty much straight up. You have complete breech or flex breech. This is where the baby is in a sitting position with their legs crossed in front of the body and their feet are near their butt. Okay, so like sitting Indian style, but just sitting like on top of the surface. Okay, when you think about breech, this is the most common presentation that you may think about. Oh, my baby's breech. So my baby's like Indian style, you know, with the head up and the butt down. That is complete breech. And then you have footling breech, where one or both feet of the baby are hanging below their bottom, so the foot or the feet are coming out first, okay? Now, you can have double footling breech, where both feet feet are dangling down, feet, feet are dangling down, or you can have footling, meaning one foot is dangling down. But either way, the presenting part are the feet. Versus the other two breech positions, the presenting part is actually the butt, okay? Now, this may not sound like that big of a deal, but the two major issues with having a breech pregnancy are how are you going to get the baby out, meaning how are you going to deliver, and the baby's hips. So babies that are in a breech position for a prolonged period of time like for months, have a higher risk of having what's called hip dysplasia. Hip dysplasia happens when the head of the femur or that ball part at the top of the thigh bone isn't in the socket. So it's like the hips are like um, dislocated, basically. And this is seen often in breech babies, but can also happen if you swaddle your baby too tightly or anything that basically keeps the hips flexed for a prolonged period of time. To diagnose hip dysplasia or the hips being out of the sockets, the pediatrician looks for a couple of things. So they look to see, are the legs different lengths? Okay, because if it is, that means that one may be hanging lower because the the joint is, the hip is out of the socket and and pulled down below. And so obviously that's going to make the legs very subtly different lengths. Um, If the baby doesn't move their legs normally, like the range of motion of the hips and the legs are just not what they're supposed to be, then that is a clue. If the baby has one or both of the feet turned out, that could mean that one or both of the hips have been disjointed. 
if the baby has like these creases near the buttocks, that could mean that that crease, that little fold that you have where the hip would be is really because the bone is not really in the socket. And some people are like, oh, doesn't this hurt the baby? Well, not really, right? Your baby's been like sort of living with a disjointed hip if it's been in the brief position for a long period of time. So the baby comes out and then it's not moving the hips as much, okay? So no, it's not like your baby's gonna scream all day or cry all day. I mean, that's why we have to look for these subtle signs. Like um, for instance, Harrison was breached. And I post this picture and I have to repost it on social media where I'm scanning, wondering if he's flipped head down yet, but the probe is obviously like right under my breastbone because that's a head. And you can see on the ultrasound that that's his head. And I'm like, oh, he's still butt down. Well, he was butt down for a really long time. And that's because I had several very large fibroids that um, made the cavity in irregular shape. So he was just trying to lay in there some kind of way he felt comfortable, right? And that meant that he was breached. And that also meant I had to have a C-section because he was breached. And because of that, he did, they did think that he had hip dysplasia. So they did the exam and they said, this feels normal. But since he was breached, they went ahead and, and did an evaluation. Usually they're going to evaluate your baby several times, especially if you're breached. But even, even babies that are head down, you get an evaluation. And they do an evaluation of the hips and the movement of the legs after delivery, so while you're still in the hospital, literally the baby comes out and they evaluate the hips. Usually at your one-week checkup, all babies get a checkup one week after delivery. And then again at the six-week checkup at the pediatrician's office, and then at six months. And then once your baby starts moving and grooving around, if your baby's like got a weird wobble or not really walking as much, then that would be another reason for them to do an evaluation. And that evaluation is just doing an ultrasound of the hip socket. Okay. They're just going to see, is the actual head of the thigh bone, which is the femur, is the femur in the hip socket. And then they just do um, an ultrasound of the hips. They did this with Harrison and they do a little range of motion while they're doing the ultrasound of the hips, just to make sure that the hip is in the socket all the way around like it's supposed to be. Now, the other issue that we talked about that we worry about and what you're probably most concerned about is about how you're going to deliver if you have a breech baby. And with big with breech babies, the biggest risk of delivering a baby vaginally is head entrapment. This is when the baby's body delivers and then the baby's head gets stuck inside of the uterus behind the cervix. So the body is in the vagina and the head is in the cervix, okay? And so this can happen because when you deliver a breech baby, then after the large parts come out, because there's not really like pressure on the cervix after the baby's shoulders are delivered, all of a sudden the neck is, is a lot more narrow in circumference than the head and the shoulders. So then the cervix starts to clamp down around the neck. And that, is one of the worst nightmares for providers who deliver babies, right? And that's why a lot of people do not deliver babies that are breech, okay? And because medical legally, it's a nightmare. And the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists do not recommend 
breech vaginal deliveries for babies that are viable. Meaning if your baby is supposed to survive, they do not recommend that you do a breech vaginal delivery. Now, some people that have an unmonitored delivery can have a breech vaginal delivery because we're not in a rush to get the baby's head out, right? We can let the mom labor down or naturally deliver the head of the baby without trying to tug at the head or without trying to do maneuvers to get the head out because we know that it's a non-surviving baby. But most babies, most babies that are survivor babies, we don't want to do a breech vaginal delivery unless we absolutely have to. The exception is if you have twins. So with twins or triplets even, if the, as long as the first baby is head down, you can deliver the second baby breech because usually the cervix has proven itself by delivery of the first baby, okay? But even then, sometimes it's very hard to rotate a baby to head down or to even deliver a baby breech, meaning feet first, um, because there is still that risk of head entrapment. And so you'll have baby people that have twins deliver the first one vaginally without an issue, and then all of a sudden they have to do a stat C-section for the second. That just happened to me this weekend, right? We try our hardest to deliver babies vaginally. I had a baby. The second baby was not head down. The baby was breached. And the cervix, because it's a preterm baby, starts to close down uh, while my hand was there, and I could not rotate the baby to be head down, and the cervix was too um, closing too much, meaning not dilated enough for me to do a breech delivery. So I had to do a C-section on the second baby. That is much safer than trying to force a breech vaginal extraction or a breech vaginal delivery when you know the cervix is not completely dilated. You need that cervix to be and stay completely dilated for you to deliver a breech vaginal, do a breech vaginal delivery, okay? So with a breech baby, your provider has two choices. Either they can try to rotate the baby and do what's called an external cephalic version, which is real scientific. We put a lot of mineral oil on your belly and we literally lift the baby's butt out of the pelvis, meaning on the outside, okay, meaning by palpation or by touching your belly and putting pressure to, to force the, the buttocks out of the pelvis. And then we feel the back of the baby. We look where it is with an ultrasound and put pressure on the abdomen to rotate the baby to head down. Obviously, if you have twins, you're going to do what's called an internal cephalic version on the second twin, meaning you literally are putting your hand inside the uterus to manually rotate the baby by literally touching the baby and rotating the baby around. If you don't have twins, this is called an exonocephalic version where you're rotating by putting pressure on the skin of the abdomen on the outside to force the baby to flip in a somersault-like uh, fashion to a head down position. Now, if you can't successfully do an exonocephalic version, then you tried and the baby was just too comfortable in the breech position, or you had issues during the external cephalic version, like the heart rate went down, or the mom started to bleed because there was too much trauma or too much pressure to the placenta, then you have no choice but to do a C-section. And some people 
don't want the risk that comes with trying to force the baby head down. The risk include one, we're putting a lot of pressure on the uterus. You can all of a sudden have a placental abruption or the placenta separating from the inside of the uterus. And that can cause you to have a lot of bleeding. And it can also cause the baby to lose a lot of blood. Um, number two, the need for the stat C-section, right? The baby's heart rate starts to drop. You know, most people don't want to have to have a, a stat urgent, emergent C-section. They'd rather a controlled environment and a controlled C-section. And then obviously, you know, the risk is, yeah, the baby does start to deliver. And then, of course, like we talked about, um, a head entrapment can happen. So with a C-section, that is the other alternative. Just go straight to C-section, deliver the baby, breach via C-section. And then we know that that is the safest thing to do to ensure that we don't have those complications like bleeding or the placenta separating from the inside wall of the uterus or um, the baby's losing heart tones or heart rate dropping or getting stuck. Okay. Now, I do have a full episode on flipping the baby, which I believe is in the last season. See this season two or three. So go back and check out that episode. Um, and I also talk in the episode about the difference and the, the benefits and the risk of each external cephalic version, which is flipping the baby versus a repeat C-section. Now that's a good episode. Go back and check it out. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. All right, so now that you know more about having a breech pregnancy, let's go to some cases. Our first case is a 39-year-old who is 35 weeks pregnant with her first child. She was informed that the baby's head shape is abnormally oblong. She has no medical problems. The ultrasound showed that besides the shape of the head, everything else, including the fetal brain, is normal. She was referred to you for further evaluation and discussion about the shape of her baby's head. Honestly, this is a very common reason somebody's referred. Um, when we say that the head is abnormally oblong, um, that means that if you're looking at someone from the front, their face may be a little bit more squished or narrow. And if you're looking from the side, the head looks longer. Okay. So that looks oblong, which means that the diameter across, so from ear to ear is going to be shorter. Okay. Uh, and when we have an oblong head like this, that is called dolicocephaly. And that's a big word. That just means that your baby has a, a skinnier and longer head. Okay. The good thing with this is everything else in this baby's brain looks normal. That's not always the case. So anytime you have an abnormal shaped um, skull bone of the baby, we always want to make sure we don't have premature closure of the skull bones, which could mean that a baby's skull bones are not going to allow for growth of the brain like it should. Um, we can also have issues with areas of the brain missing, right? Like the cerebellum is small, which is the hindbrain that gives balance and coordination. 
or, um, you know, there's you know, not a fluid in the hindbrain or that the front of the brain um, or, or the fibers that connect both sides of the brain can be missing. So we want to make sure anytime that we have an abnormal shaped brain that you get a detailed ultrasound of the baby to rule out anything wrong with this baby's brain. It sounds like they did that. They said, hey, we ruled this out. Everything looks fantastic, but the patient has questions. So first step, if you are in a routine setting, is to get an ultrasound, a detailed ultrasound from a maternal fetal medicine specialist like me that can tell you about the actual structures in the brain to make sure they're normal. Okay, once we know those are normal, the second thing is we're going to look at how is the baby laying? Is there something that's outside of the baby that's causing the baby's head to be sort of squished? Does the mom have fibroids? Okay, fibroids um, can cause distortion of the skull bone just because the baby doesn't have the room to actually nestle into the pelvis. Um, is the baby breech? Okay, a breech baby because the head is up and the bottom is down. Those babies do have a higher association with having a narrow and oblong uh, head. Um, and so we want to make sure we're ruling out things inside of the baby and outside of the baby to make sure that we know whether this is something that is pathological, meaning it's going to be an issue that affects the baby's brain long term, or whether or not this is just a benign finding and something that is that incidentally happens because of how the baby's laying or because of something impinging on the cavity. And in this case, I would very much so think that because this baby is breech, okay, and the fetal brain is normal, then the shape of the head is simply because of the breech presentation, which makes it that you have a baby with a long, narrow head, and that is called dolicocephaly. So from my perspective, this is not abnormal. This does not require any further intervention. Um, this mom just needs to make a decision about whether or not she wants to deliver vaginally or through C-section. And then obviously the pediatricians will measure the size of the baby skull and brain to make sure that it's normal for the gestational age the baby was delivered. Um, and also make sure that reflexes are intact and there's no other abnormalities um, that are seen after delivery. So the case pearl for this case is dolicocephaly or an oblong baby's head is associated with breech fetal presentation, meaning your baby being butt down, and this is likely absolutely normal, meaning no issues at all with the baby. All right, medical intern, what's our second case? Our question is from Tammy and it reads, Dr. Plenty, I need your advice. I had a successful home birth with my daughter three years ago. However, I am now 34 weeks pregnant and my midwife wants me to get approval for a home birth because my baby is breech. The reason I wanna deliver at home despite the baby being breech is because my baby has a non-survivable birth defect and I don't want him intubated after delivery. So since my baby won't need the NICU, why can't I have an unmonitored home birth. All right, Tammy wants a home birth. I get it. You had a good experience with your home birth of your three-year-old. This is a little bit different. 
usually you can have an unmonitored delivery if you having a baby that's non-survivable okay but we know that even non-survivable babies can have a head entrapment and the thing about non-survivable babies that have head entrapment if the baby passes away during the labor course because you're not monitoring it that does put you at a higher risk of having a baby that gets stuck within the uterus if the baby gets stuck that can mean that you can start bleeding and lose a lot of blood it can mean that the midwife or the the person that's delivering the baby may tug too hard that can cause decapitation of a baby um that is the the uh, that's a very it's it's much easier than you think to decapitate a baby if the baby is not alive um so we don't want you at home with those things happening um the biggest thing is the bleeding if you start bleeding because the placenta has separated um and you lose a lot of blood and that baby gets stuck that could mean that you have some complications like need a blood transfusion um it could be very risky even with a baby that's not surviving and so i do not recommend a home birth for a breech baby because we know even babies that are not anticipated to survive those babies have a higher risk of complications there's a higher risk of needing medicines to try to relax the cervix to allow you to have a breech vaginal delivery and there's a higher risk for you needing a surgery um after you deliver um due to the increased risk of you know bleeding and having a tear of your cervix um and things like that that may require further further treatment or repair so um i am so sorry that you're going through this with your pregnancy um obviously you do not we don't know the details of why is considered non survivable but we trust what you say um we'll be praying for you and we are very very sorry that you're going through this but the best thing for you and the safest thing for you would be to deliver in a hospital or at least a birthing center because most birthing centers are near or attached to a hospital so at least a birthing center because we don't want you to have complications of a head entrapment or the baby getting stuck and we don't want you to need a blood transfusion and you not be able to get it okay so i usually do not give case pearls for email questions but this one deserves one and so the case pearl for this question is breech babies should really be delivered in the hospital due to risk of complications okay and a breech baby has very high risk of having complications trying to get the baby out through the cervix all right medical intern do we have any more email questions or cases my friend told me that her chiropractor did a hip alignment and this caused her baby to flip to being head down is this true i'm 36 weeks pregnant and really would like to have a vaginal delivery and i'm thinking about scheduling an appointment with her chiropractor you know i believe in pelvic physiotherapy i think that it's very good um our physical therapy therapists that do work with hip alignment and making sure our pregnant patients don't experience severe discomforts of pregnancy they do a wonderful job absolutely wonderful job and i think that there is a special place in heaven for them because discomforts of pregnancy or that lower abdominal and back pain that you get is a real thing and most people that go through pelvic physical therapy in pregnancy do really well uh, but this patient is talking specifically about a hip alignment by a chiropractor 
There are some chiropractors that work in conjunction with OBGYNs and other healthcare providers to ensure that they are not uh, working on different pressure points that can then stimulate preterm contractions and preterm labor. Um, and for those, I believe that there is, they work similar to a physical therapist in terms of trying to make sure that the hip and spine are aligned to relieve some of that discomfort of pregnancy. Hip alignment to flip a baby, mm, this does not always work. Rotating a baby or an external cephalic version is a thing that should be done in a controlled setting by your OBGYN or midwife or high-risk specialist um, in a place where in the event that you need an urgent delivery because you started to bleed because there's so much pressure we have to put on the uterus, you can get a delivery soon and you not lose a pregnancy. Okay, so it's really important that this be done in a controlled environment. So I do not recommend somebody getting an external cephalic version or flipping their baby by a chiropractor. No knock to chiropractors. I just think that flipping the baby or doing external cephalic version is not a chiropractor's procedure and it can put a lot of liability on them. And most chiropractors are not doing this in the hospital setting. So this can be very dangerous. So I do not agree with this at all. If you want an external cephalic version, I would encourage you to talk to your um, OBGYN or midwife. And if they don't do those procedures, ask, hey, is there anybody I could go to to get an external cephalic version done? And they will likely refer you to another OBGYN or another um, or maternal fetal medicine specialist like myself that can help in doing an external cephalic version. But let me say this, um, external cephalic version only works about 60 to 70% of the time. Meaning sometimes we can successfully rotate a baby to head down. Five minutes later, the baby can flip back. That is a thing that can happen. And that is beyond our control. Okay. Some babies are very comfortable breach and we can't control that. Some babies can't be rotated down at all. We just can't get the baby to rotate because the baby's butt is so engaged in the pelvis that we can't lift it. That can truly happen. That is no one's fault. Or you could be like me, have fibroids or something, some abnormal cavity, like a uterine didelphus or bicornate uterus, where you have two different horns of the uterus. This means that the shape of the cavity that the baby is laying in is irregular. Okay. It's abnormal. It's not like your, your cute little round endometrial cavity. It's going to have lumps and bumps and curves in it. And that can mean that your baby may have a difficult time being flipped because flipping the baby means brushing against the wall of the, the uterus, which is abnormally shaped or a fibroid. And so your baby may not have the space to be flipped. But like I said before, there is a whole episode on flipping the baby that I really encourage you guys to go check out. Uh, and learn more details about the, you know, who can have the option of, of having an exocephalic version versus who should not. Okay. So we talk about that in that previous episodes. All right, medical intern, do we have any more emailed cases or questions? And she's shaking her head. No. So thank you guys so much for listening to Pregnancy Pearls podcast. I hope that you've learned more about having a breech pregnancy. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to share me with your friends, rate, and comment. 
If you or someone you know has had a pregnancy complication or a unique pregnancy situation, let me know about it. Email me at pregnancypearls at gmail.com to hear your topic or case discussed on one of our podcast episodes. Also, remember to follow me on Instagram at pregnancy underscore pearls and Facebook at Pregnancy Pearls. You can also check out my website, which is www.drnicoleplenty.com for free pregnancy downloadables and advice. And for goodness sake, catch up on the other three seasons of the podcast. In closing, remember to advocate for yourself. You are your biggest advocate and no one knows what's going on with your body except for you. Thanks for listening and Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Bye. Pregnancy Pearls is hosted by Dr. Nicole Lee Plenty. Produced by Nicole Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer Ken Johnson. Find Pregnancy Pearls on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice for diagnosis or treatment of individual medical conditions. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with specific questions regarding a medical condition. Pregnancy Pearls is a mean old lion media production. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.